Eagle Nation. You're listening to Gotta Talk, a podcast dedicated to all things Georgia Southern football. Now, here's your hosts, Matt Monty and Cody Anderson. 37 to 6, that was your final score from Georgia Southern's season opening win against South Carolina State. The Eagles are off to a winning start to the 2018 season, and with a win this coming Saturday, will match their win total from all of last year. But that that will be uh, easier said than done against a a much tougher opponent in UMass, um, who uh, delivered a beating to Georgia Southern last year up there in Amherst, Massachusetts. So, uh, Cody, what what do you think about this uh, this big test and what's sure to be a, a telling test against UMass? Well, first of all, a win's a win, so it's great to get off to a 1-0 start this season. I think it's a great way for our guys to build some confidence and to move forward in the 2018 season. As far as the UMass game that's coming up, it's definitely going to be a test. We're definitely going to get tested on a different front in regards to um, the UMass passing offense and their passing attack. Our secondary and linebackers are going to have to really play a very disciplined, disciplined game this, this coming up Saturday. That's Cody. I'm Matt. Welcome to Gotta Talk. Uh, this will be our, our first uh, kind of back and forth conversation episode where we uh, do a recap of the previous game and preview the upcoming game. So we will uh, recap that South Carolina State game and talk about um, all the good points and also some of the, the, the concerning parts that, you know, and, and what that might mean, uh, not just for this UMass game, but moving forward this season of, of how we're progressing under uh, new head coach Chad Lunsford and under the new uh, defensive and offensive coordinator. So uh, we'll get started with that and preview that big UMass game. Let's get it, Cody. Let's get it. So now looking at that uh, South Carolina State uh, team and that game, Cody, uh, you know, this was, we previewed it last week. Um, this was a three-win team last year. They lost to Savannah State. They lost their best player in a second-round NFL draft pick. You know, on paper, this was a game that most fans would have expected us to just come in and dominate from the start. Um, that is not really what we saw, um, especially if you were just kind of looking at it from face value. Um, on uh, you know, at, at halftime, it was only sixteen to nothing. Um, it, you know, we kind of stalled that first drive. Needed a uh, a fourth and short uh, conversion there, and then still ended up stalling the drive and had a little pooch punt from uh, Shy Wirt. So certainly not the way uh, Eagle Nation wanted to see the this new offense of under Bob DeBest start. Um, but you know, got things together. Uh, Shy Wirt's had a career day with 163 rushing yards and three touchdowns, um, topping his numbers against uh, New Hampshire from last year, another FCS opponent. So when looking at the South Carolina State team, um, you know, they're they're not a New Hampshire, you know, and they're not, uh, you know, a lot of these uh, FCS foes gave Sunbelt teams a run for their money in week one. You had Kennesaw State uh, nearly knocking off Georgia State. You had uh, Southeast Louisiana taking it to UL Monroe and, and, and almost getting a win there. And then... Uh, Outside of the Sun Belt, you had uh, teams like James Madison, um, you know, uh, really hanging with uh, NC State, ACC opponent. So, you know, South Carolina State isn't, you know, one of these teams. So it, it's, it's, a, it's a MEAC team. It's a team that we've uh, dominated. We've dominated that conference in the past. And, uh, you know, you, Cody, even said last week that you were hoping we'd hang, uh, you know, 60 or, or more points against them, obviously uh, 37 far from that. So uh, what were your kind of thoughts on the game and, and what should people kind of know? Should they be concerned about, you know, how uh, how that game played out? 
yeah, last week I did hope that we would hang 60 on them. As far as concern or not dominating, uh, the offensive side of the ball, yeah, it wasn't. we didn't run up the score on them. We didn't necessarily go for the big home run or or go for the big uh, the big time plays, it didn't seem like. Um, but as far as if you want to look at a dominating performance, the defense was dominating. Um, it was smothering. South Carolina State, outside that one drive at the beginning of the second half, didn't do anything out else on their offensive side of the ball. Um, so if you want to look at a dominating performance, th- there it is. As far as the offensive side of things go, am I a little concerned? Yes. But as a whole, um, with Do- Bob DeBest leading this this offense um, this year, I'm, I'm not in panic mode or anything like that. I think what you saw was probably just a limited playbook, probably just letting the offense get accustomed to seeing competition for the first time this year. And really just a game plan of just kind of keeping everybody healthy, keeping the, the flow of the game and the, the control of the game in our hands and, and not really trying to do too much out of the box. Um, I think, as you will see, probably with the UMass game, I think you'll probably see a, a lot more of the playbook being opened up. Um, and, and we'll really see kind of where we are at against UMass. But as far as 2-2 concern, no. If you're going to say – Look at this compared to the 2016 opening against Savannah State. Um, you and I were both pretty concerned after that game. I- I'm nowhere near that type of uh, that type of panic or that type of is the offense really going to do something this year? I think I think the offense will will learn and grow as the season goes on. We'll probably have our ups and downs depending on who we're playing, but at this point, I'm not I'm not in any type of a panic mode at all. Now, and what would you say is kind of the difference between? Because I, I did want to make note of that. Um, I think it was a fifty-five to nothing win against Savannah State in Tyson Summers' first year, and, and we were both concerned from that. But obviously, you know, didn't even score that many points. I mean, with uh, obviously very different offense, and and, and, may, and maybe that's what it kind of comes down to. Uh, obviously, we were more pass-heavy there under Rance Gillespie and David Dean, and we we saw a lot of that in that Savannah State game. So so is that really kind of what it comes down to? Is just kind of the coaches that we have in place? I think so, and I think. South Carolina State really had a, a a lot better game plan than Savannah State had in that game and looked a little bit better as far as a defensive unit than Savannah State. Um, also, to the penalties and turnovers. We didn't. We only had, I think, two penalties, and we had no turnovers, whereas I think in the Savannah State game, we had lots of penalties in that game, and we had a couple of turnovers as well. So um, we just looked a lot more smooth and, and disciplined, and, and we all – and we just looked – like we knew what we were doing out there, whereas thinking against Savannah State, it just kind of looked choppy, and it didn't really look like we had a good grips or a game plan really much. It just seems like we just kind of knew that we had faster guys, so we just kind of lobbed, you know, let them kind of get open and, and just kind of let them kind of do their thing athletically. But with this, it it just seemed like we just we just had a game plan, we executed it, and and we're moving on to the next game. And yeah, let's let's talk about uh, being disciplined because that that's one of the things we touched on uh, late in the episode last week of that we wanted to see from this game. You know, it was something that uh, you know it was a game that most fans weren't concerned ever about losing, but the, you know, you we talked about kind of looking at it from a matchup standpoint. Um, you know 
know, kind of treating it like a, uh, a dress rehearsal or scrimmage. Um, but then also from that, uh, from that discipline standpoint, that's something that we just haven't seen these last two years. I mean, just penalties all over the place with the false starts, uh, late hits. Uh, we've had guys ejected that has never happened before. Um, you know, in the last couple of years, we only had two penalties for 10 yards. Just kind of talk about that and what that just kind of means. Yeah. It means that we're not beating ourselves, which we saw a lot of that last over the last two years. And when you don't beat yourselves, it makes it much more difficult for the opponents to beat you. So as long as we kind of keep this up where we have, you know, we don't turn the ball over and we limit the penalties to, to two or three or just a small amount, you know, we keep this discipline up, then we're going to be pretty tough to beat. And the score may not be as lopsided as what we want it to be, um, but that's okay. Um, as long a W is a W. And if it's by one point or if by the 100 points, it doesn't really matter. As long as we are well-disciplined and we're not beating ourselves, then then look for look for positive things and look for things to, to improve um, on both sides of the ball, especially the offensive side of the ball as we really get things going and, and, and our players really start to get comfortable in this Bob DeBest system. And, uh, you know, talking about the, you know, have one more point, that was something that, uh, Coach Lunsford said in his post-game press conference that, yes, it is kind of cliche. And, and one of the things that I personally like about Lunsford is uh, he doesn't do, you know, what we call coach speak a lot. You know, you, you, he's he's pretty candid. He'll, he'll kind of tell it like it is uh, most of the time. Um, I think, you know, he's the longer he's been in and probably the longer he will be uh, a head coach, he'll kind of gravitate maybe a little bit more to that coach speak. Uh, certainly uh, you wouldn't expect any other coach in the country to say something like we're going to step on their throat and choke them out and things like that. Um, so I think he'll get better about that kind of stuff. But from, um, you know, being at these press conferences um, a lot th- throughout my sports uh, reporting career um, at every level, you know, it was something that uh, we, we've seen throughout Georgia Southern of, of different people of how candid they can be. And when he was talking about, uh, you know, he, he, he mentioned the the goal for this week for the South Carolina State game was just to have you know uh, one more point than the other team and kind of take it one step at a time and and things like this but I think going through what we went through the last two years you know he talked about winning the turnover battle um, being disciplined and limiting penalties that uh, that is a key and and I th- I think it is important while it may sound cliche. Um, it, it really does kind of, you know, define what we want. We just want to sure up all those things that just haven't been there the last two years. And whether we score 60 or 70 points or 37, um, I, I, I think I think we saw that. And I think that is a positive uh, moving forward. Definitely. And wrapping up uh, the kind of the, the good points that we saw on Saturday, uh, let's talk about Wesley Kennedy. I mean, this is a kid that a lot of people were excited about. They were expecting him to have a breakout year. It certainly is off to the right start. Uh, he had 158 all-purpose yards, um, just kind of was having his way on uh, kickoff and punt returns. You know, it also got involved in the passing game with a catch and also had a run uh, for a few yards. So uh, certainly looking forward to seeing a lot more about uh, out of Wesley Kennedy. Definitely, I think we'll see that as the as – the- season wears on um I think he only had the one rush I think for about 20 22 yards um but he definitely made his impression as the punt returner and kick returner um I don't know exactly what our average field to start was in this game but I would have to imagine that it had to be somewhere around 
the 40 to 50 yard line because it seemed like we had a short field just about the entire time every time we had the the football on offense so i'm definitely excited to see him get more involved on the offensive side of the ball and definitely see what he can do because just a couple times that he did touch it he seemed to be pretty explosive and pretty exciting i think it's gonna just be a weapon that that teams are gonna have to account for that's gonna allow our offense to really open up and and really and really put it to opponents this year All right, now moving on to uh, some of the things that we thought might be a little concerning, you know, moving forward. We, we touched on some of this stuff, but the the 16 nothing halftime lead, like I said, a, a stalled first drive um, that required a, a fourth down, a short um, try, which which was good, but then later uh, stalled again and uh, looked like we were going to go for it again, and then Wurtz did a little pooch punt there. Um, but uh, let's just kind of talk about that, Cody. Going through the game, um, I was watching uh, on uh, ESPN+, Plus. you were at the game. So what was kind of uh, your thoughts on that first half and just kind of that 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 slow start defense obviously looked really strong but that slow start on offense well I think it was just kind of the entire coaching staff and everybody just trying to all right this is it this is for real we, we've waited nearly nine ten months for this to, to finally get here now it's here so the slow start doesn't wasn't really that concerning to be honest with you I never felt like um, the game was ever gonna be out of control or that we were ever really gonna lose this game from the time of the first nap so yeah it's a 16 nothing lead a pretty you know oh no we only scored 16 points um that concerning I don't think so we put two touchdowns on them up in the first quarter um we kind of just kind of ran the ball and kind of had was a more of a defensive and just kind of figuring things out they made adjustments we countered that in the second half obviously because we put up I think three touchdowns um in the second half so you know, it's just it's just a game. You know, they made some adjustments. They they added some things in that second quarter that kind of slowed us down, and, and there it went. Um, but I, I wasn't too concerned. Like I said, I never really felt like we were going to lose this game from the moment the the uh, opening snap. Yeah, I was the same way. I mean, I, I always thought the um, I never thought the win was in question for sure. But um, I think my most concerning part of that first half um, wasn't you know that that first drive. Um, obviously, you're shaking out the butterflies, new offense, new uh, scheme, all that. Um, but uh, there, late in the first half, when you got the uh, the big interception from Tamarco Reese, and uh, you know he set us up in great field position, and you were hoping that we could just kind of uh, punch it through. Like you said, we we started with great field position uh, with Wesley Kennedy running back the punts and the kicks, um, but also on those turnovers, we got uh, you know two turnovers, a, a fumble and an interception. I've um, got a touchdown off the fumble. Uh, the interception set us up with great field position, but all we could come away with was three points which we hope will be a, a, a pretty surefire three points with uh Tyler Bass uh back there but not something that you really want to see against a team like South Carolina State you really hope they kind of punch it in there so that would be my really only concern you know once we start playing tougher opponents we have to capitalize um off those turnovers and and get seven points instead of three definitely we can't we can't have a repeat of what the Arkansas State game was a couple years back where we had five turnovers uh, and only got three or six points out of that so yeah I agree with you that when every time we get a turnover that we need to punch it in especially when we get short field like that but you know, at the same time, it, it, South Carolina State came out with a game plan. Um, 
and they've had at least two weeks to, to really practice it, to prepare for our option and, and what the best would, would, would do. Um, and they, they seemed to pretty ex- well execute it. And they, they overloaded the box, took away the dive, and had somebody on the on the pitch guy, it seems like, pretty much the entire game. So, yeah, we didn't, we didn't put it in there on that particular drive, but we did at least protect the ball, got the three points, and, and was able to at least get a positive out of it. And on the other turnover, we did score the touchdown. So, you know, off of tur- two turnovers in the game, we end up getting 10 points. I think we'd, I think we'll take that for two turnovers, particularly as opening up this season. And, you know, let's let's talk about quarterback play because we, you know, everyone was obviously excited to see what uh, this option offense will look like under Bob DeBest, the new offensive coordinator. Um, you know, it was said on the ESPN Plus broadcast. I know you went back and watched it later, Cody. Um, and then I saw it kind of repeated in some blogs and, and on social media and stuff like that, that uh, we were only using 30% of our uh, playbook or we only had 30% of our playbook installed. So I'm not really sure where that information came from. I haven't heard any uh, interviews with the uh, best or Lunsford um, verifying that fact. Um, so, you know, it, it, it did look like we were using a limited playbook, um, especially in the first half. It looked like we opened it up a little bit more in the second half. Um, we went under center once, had a big play there and uh, ended up fumbling it, but, but got back on it. So um, just kind of talk about how you saw a quarterback play under this option with, with shy words, obviously, like I said, had a career day running the football with 163 yards and three touchdowns. Um, it didn't, pitch the ball a lot um that might have just been because of the way south carolina state was playing it so let's just talk about how uh how the option looked against south carolina state yeah i mean i think you said it with the stats 163 yards rushing three touchdowns i think if you were to add the passing yards in there um which was only i think 29 but regardless i think he had more total offense than all of south carolina state combined for the entire game if not it was pretty pretty close um, so yeah, did we get real fancy with the option? Not really. I mean, like you said, you didn't see a lot of pitches, but that's because they had the pitch guy covered. Um, the dive didn't really seem to be there. Well, they were bringing more guys than we can block. So, you know, when you do that, if they're going to give shy words around the outside and he takes it and, and he just keeps on trucking and gets six, seven, eight yards every time he does it, then let's not fix I mean let's not change it until they decide that they want to try to to stop us in that from there the best would probably figure out something else and see where another hole was at and go from there I'm not like I said I'm not too concerned if 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 it is true that only 30 percent of the playbook was installed and we end up getting 160 yards rushing out of our quarterback then that's that's pretty good um as far as that particular comment I'm not really taking it I, I don't really care about it to be honest with you um what is what does it really mean, right? If if the best has a thousand plays in his playbook, then we have three hundred plays there that we can choose from. If it's a hundred, then we got thirty. I mean, who knows? We we don't know what's all in the best's playbook besides the best and Coach Lunsford and the staff offensive staff of our football team. So I'm not I'm not too concerned. It'll whatever it is, whether it is 30 or whether we only use 30% of the playbook for this game or whatever, as the season goes on, it will open up more as the, hopefully as the seasons goes on and we start to really, really get embedded into this offense, it will fully get there. But 
I mean, if we can put up 300-plus yards of rushing on every opponent on using 30% of the playbook, we'll look out rest of the conference and all the teams that we play because once when we start to really install everything, then we should be putting more and more fear into our opponents each and every week. Yeah, uh, so South Carolina State only had 151 total yards, so just on the ground alone, Shy Words eclipsed that, um, uh, not even counting those 29 passing yards. Um, but yeah, I, I I do think that you can't buy too much into that. I don't know if we have anywhere close to a thousand plays, um, but uh, you know, I, I I do remember a interview with DeBess. Um, I think it was with us. It might have been from his days at New Mexico. Uh, but he does run a a smaller playbook, which is pretty normal for option uh coordinators um so because you you have the option there so i mean if you have 30 plays but each one has three different options and then you know do the math so i think well that that and you know if he was really concerned about us not having a grasp on how to run his offense out of the shotgun do you really think we'd have saw the play under center with this a completely different blocking scheme than than out of the shotgun I, I I don't I don't think there's really much to it. Um, if he was really concerned about our offensive unit not really knowing how to run it out of the shotgun, we probably would not have seen it under under center um, for that one play, because they we wouldn't have wasted time practicing on it if he felt concerned that we weren't getting his offense. So, I think that one play in of itself shows that the best is confident that that we know what to do. And that uh, look for look for more things like that as the season progresses. Yeah, I think you're going to see more wrinkles is the thing. So like maybe some of the plays will be the same, but you might see more shifting in the backfield. You might see more guys uh, in motion. You might see us, uh, you know, fake the dive up the middle and and, and throw to Nellis Richardson um, wide open down the middle. You know, so that kind of stuff. It might be the same play. We just might not have seen it. Um, act out that way because uh, Shy Works took what the defense gave him, like you said, um, and uh, the you know South Carolina State didn't give us that that middle dive play, so we um, you know took it to the outside and they had the pitch man covered and and uh, Works uses athleticism and and made play. So I I, I do think uh, yeah I, I don't buy too much into the the thirty percent thing. Um, I, you know I think we didn't show as much as we probably have, and we're certainly probably going to add more as the season goes on and and certainly looking forward to that definitely so the other thing I wanted to touch on was kind of away from football and it was just kind of the overall game day experience so like I said I, I watched the game on ESPN plus um for here at my home in Orlando Florida and uh Cody was uh there in the stand so we got both of those kind of uh perspectives and and he went home and and later watched the broadcast on ESPN plus but um you know <clears throat> just like with the the football team you're going to have kind of some some shaky starts and 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 things like that when it comes to play by play and just the overall uh game day experience so Cody let's let's start with uh being at the game you know i, I saw on twitter some people complaining about the uh, loudspeaker being too loud at times. Um, you had uh, long concession lines and, and, and things like that. So just uh, how, how was that first game? Well, I thought it was – we'll get into kind of the, the the concerning parts of that in a second. But overall, to me, it was great. Anytime you go to Georgia Southern home game, it's fantastic. And I love the crowd. I love the energy that we brought to this first game. Um, the student section really seemed to be crowded. They really seemed to come out, especially with it being Labor Day weekend. I know a lot of students typically go home or they go on vacation with their families as far as a – 
into the summer hoorah or whatever, but student section came out. They were fantastic. Um, the home side seemed to be pretty filled up as well, um, which is where my wife and, and child and our friends and everybody sit at. So that aspect of it, everybody was loud. Everybody's having a good time. That part of it was fantastic. Um, as far as the concessions, yes, there were some, some backups. There were some lines um, longer than what I've seen in the past. Um, I think uh, Haley and I left to go to the to the concession stand in that at that last drive in the first half, and we didn't get back to our seats until nearly the first drive of the second half was over to give you an idea as far as how long it took. Um, I don't know where the, the wrinkle or the cog in the system was because by the time we got up to the stands or the concession stand to, to get our order, everything seemed to be pretty quick there. So I don't know if it was just uh, not having enough people at the registers or just not um, anticipating the the crowds. I don't know. Um, so hopefully that kind of smooths itself out and that gets a little bit better. Um, the PA system, yes, at times it, it seemed to be uh, quite loud. And uh, But it wasn't that wasn't uh, all the time. It just seemed to be certain like promotions or when they would do a certain sponsor would have like a little commercial bit that would come on. It would kind of shoot up and it would kind of be kind of aggravating but other than that like I said the game day experience I thought was was phenomenal outside of those couple of things but they can get they can get worked out that won't be an issue now was uh, I heard maybe like the band was being uh drowned out a little bit from from the PA system at times unfortunately I was not in the seats at the time that the band was playing so I can't give an accurate report on that gotcha <laughs> Um, well, so as far as the ESPN Plus uh, broadcast, I think a lot of people, um, you know, that uh, live in Atlanta area or just outside of Statesboro, um, you know, can't uh, make it to all the games. They were really looking forward to how that would work out. Uh, Sunbelt was the first conference that signed a, a long-term deal uh, with the new platform. Um, so certainly there's been issues with ESPN3 in the past with, uh, you know, buffering issues and just uh, overall quality and, and, and production. So with uh, this new subscription service, uh, I think a lot of people were um, hopeful that, uh, you know, those things would get better. And at least for me, uh, the the actual broadcast was great. Um, I had no interruptions. It, it never dropped. Um, I had no lagging or anything like that. Obviously, uh, part of that is is your internet speed and, and where you're located. But, you know, so I thought that was good. So I thought the actual, uh, the, the commentary uh, could have used a little work. Uh, you know, the, the, there's a contract now with a uh, uh, Greg Talbot, um, where he it will do all the home ESPN Plus uh, games, um, I think. So uh, him and his partner there, uh, you know, seem confused at things at times. And um, the, the kind of banter and stuff, I think, left something to be desired. Um, and I know, you know, there was a lot of talk about that. On, on Twitter and Facebook and, and other social media. Um, so hopefully we'll, we'll see kind of an improvement there. Um, but I mean, the overall, uh, broadcast was was good for the most part uh there there were some commercial breaks that uh, where it went to commercial and come back and we're in the middle of a play um and other times especially with the option with some of those misdirections and stuff that you expect with options the the camera guy got juked down and we've seen that you know a, a lot in the past uh but hopefully those things get get better with time um you know especially for those away games where uh you know even more eagle fans will be watching um so yeah, so just uh, you know, just uh, kind of first game jitters and, and uh, learning curve to kind of 
uh, sure those things out. But hopefully we'll we'll see improvements um, overall from the ESPN Plus broadcast uh, moving forward. You know how to to not worry about that, Matt. Go to the game. You go to, you the, go game. to the game. Well, it's it's easier said than done. <laughs> not all of us can live in Statesboro, Cody. Well, I feel sorry for y'all then. <laughs> All right, so moving along to uh, this UMass game. Um, We talked about it in our season preview, Cody. Um, This, I think, is going to be one of the biggest games of the year um, as far as a barometer game to kind of just see uh, where we are and and where we might uh, end up at the end of the year. Um, Obviously, it's an out-of-conference game. For that, it's not going to really factor into uh, things like winning the division and and making that uh, first Sunbelt championship game. But uh, this, you know, this is a team that uh, we have a lot of film on. Uh, they've already played two games. They played in uh, what they call week zero uh, with uh, just a 63 to 15 drubbing against uh, DeQuincy, a FCS opponent. But that was a, a pretty good DeQuincy team last year. They won seven games. Um, so and they just completely took it to them. I watched that game and uh, I think they scored on their their first two plays from scrimmage um, on long on long pass plays. And then they followed it up uh, just kind of the other side of the coin with a 55 to 21 loss against Boston College obviously a much better opponent ACC opponent what what have you kind of seen out of this UMass team just kind of talk about what you think it's going to take uh, for us to um, come out with this win well this will definitely be the barometer game for us to to really I think give the fans and and uh, Eagle Nation an idea as far as will we where we are and kind of what the expectations will be for the rest of the season our secondary will definitely be tested in this game. They weren't really tested too much in, in the South Carolina State game, even though when they were, they, they seemed to be done, uh, did a really, really, really good job um, as far as defending against the pass and not really letting anybody get past them. And uh, there was one deep ball that was thrown across the uh, the middle that I think it was Freeman who came down and batted it down that looked really, really good. So uh, they're going to have to play discipline. Um UMass team will throw the ball. They will they will throw the ball a lot, um, and they will try to burn us. Um, uh, trust me, they're going to come in here with confidence. They're going to come in here thinking that they can throw the ball around, um, and that they're gonna they're gonna look for uh, a road win and on their way to get uh, to six victories and then to their bowl game that they think that they should be able to make this year. So what I expect, I expect it to be a close game. It won't be a situation, I don't think, last year where we get, it seemed like we got burned on every play last year um, against them, but we will definitely uh, have to, to really monitor, to really, to really be disciplined and not let ourselves get low to sleep with five, six, seven yard passes and then boom, something over the top or for them to run the ball um, a couple of times and then try to hit something over the top on us. So we'll have to, um, it's, it's, to me, it's a wait and see thing. I don't really know what to expect outside of that. This game will be a lot more competitive than it was last year. Yeah. And that, that game last year, um, as we mentioned in the previous episodes, you know, the nail in the coffin for Tyson Summers, uh, both teams came in winless. Um, and then, uh, UMass, uh, went on and, uh, you know, had a, had a fairly good season, you know, winning four of their last six games, uh, including that Georgia Southern win. Um, you know, it was, uh, 55 to 20. Um, I, I do think it will be a lot closer this time around. Obviously Georgia Southern will be looking for uh, redemption and then, you 
know, playing in the the heat and the humidity uh, down in Statesboro, I think certainly goes in our favor. Um, you know, looking at uh, you, you mentioned how they're they're pass happy. I mean, you can look at the stats and see that. Obviously, uh, running and passing uh, weren't great against Boston College. Um, you know, that game was forty-eight to seven um, at the half, so they were certainly uh, passing a lot more there and in, in the second half. But they're averaging two hundred and seventy passing yards uh, per game. They played three quarterbacks against Boston College, um, and uh, they only have three hundred and forty-eight rushing yards um, on the season in two games. And Georgia Southern had uh, that exact amount on Saturday against South Carolina State. Um, so that, that's that's definitely going to be interesting to see how our um, highly touted secondary uh, fares against this uh, pass happy team. Um, so Cody, uh, you know, let's kind of talk about uh, we mentioned the playbook and 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 that stat where we don't know if it's if it's true or not about the thirty percent, um, but we, we certainly think that we'll see. Uh, some more plays and, and probably uh, mixing up um, some plays a little bit more uh, with uh, option pitches and things like that uh, as the season progresses starting here against UMass. So how, how do you think we'll fare as far as the, the, the playbook goes and, and uh, whether or not we'll open that up a little bit more? I think we will. Um, I think that we'll be, I think we'll attack this UMass defense. I think it's they're, they're, they're there to be exploited. I think that you will see a lot more, I think, motion. Um, really try to confuse their side of the uh, the ball, and, um, and and look for ourselves to kind of throw the ball a little bit more um, to kind of keep them out of the box and not let them overload the box and, and let them come with more defenders than we have blockers. So um, I know that we didn't really do that against South Carolina State, and that's okay. We didn't really need to. Um, but look for. I, I would not be surprised if uh, if UMass starts out trying to do something on those lines and we we have a, a you know a, a seam route um down the middle of the field with ellis richardson wide open or a go route for fortune or, or kennedy or somebody like that and and try to throw one and and get one deep and and really make them see hey look this isn't just going to be what you saw last year where we just you know it was uh, offense was as clear as day to know what we were going to run and, and, and easy to stop and, and not make adjustments i think you'll see the best really kind of kind of really open it up and really really confuse them in regards to um in regards to to this game so i i, th- I want to say i want to say that our offense will, will probably be a lot lot better um and that we'll we'll put points on the board it will come down to can our defense stop them and can our secondary keep up with their with their uh, passing attack um if it if it can then we may beat them by two or three touchdowns um but if it's a back and forth battle then it'll be a, I mean then, then it'll be a, it'll be a close game if our secondary is having trouble in this game yeah I mean when you look at keys of the game I think uh, time of possession is going to be uh, really big I mean you know just keeping the ball uh, away from their offense um, we own time of possession against South Carolina State with uh, 30 uh, just over 34 minutes but you know I think maybe you want to be a little bit more than that against uh, this high-powered uh, UMass offense and then uh, two is you know we touched on it before but uh, you got to uh, win the turnover battle and you got to continue to limit penalties you can't hurt yourself Cody yeah our, our secondary is definitely gonna have to get a couple of turnovers in this game and as far as time of possession goes it that that's that's great to, to have it but we have to score um if we just have the ball and we don't score then we're not really doing a whole lot so um secondary is going to have to create turnovers we can't beat ourselves on offense by by the false starts or by the holding calls or or the turnovers on of our own if we can play a very nice clean discipline game like we did this week i think we went 
as far as uh, seeing some of the playmakers, I, I would I would probably say that I think that we see a little bit more Wesley Kennedy in this game than we did last. Um, I, I will look for him to probably be a lot more active and 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 for the offense to be a lot more creative as to how to get him the ball, especially in space. And that's one of the things we touched on uh, previously that, you know, one of my biggest frustrations with Tyson Summers was that he didn't do that. I mean, you know, you, you, you saw these guys that had uh, flashes of greatness and, you know, they were highly recruited guys, um, you know, a lot of hype around them, but they would do something great and then you'd never see him again. So I, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing, um, you know, our playmakers get the ball more as the season progresses. And I think you're going to see that under um, a, a team coached by Lunsford um, and these these coordinators, uh, you know, guys not just like Kennedy, but uh, Monteo Garrett and uh, also Matt LaRoche, who, who's, you know, third string running back right now. He came in late against South Carolina State and uh, – broke off some big runs. I think a lot of us in Eagle Nation, you know, had flashbacks to Matt Breida almost, uh, you know, um, definitely uh, smaller than Breida, but uh, wears the same number and has that kind of, you know, quick vertical speed. So kind of talk about getting getting the ball to these playmakers more. Definitely. I think there's one thing that I haven't really heard a lot of people talk about or discuss, but I think a big key to this will also be is how well can our defensive front put pressure on their quarterback? and really limit his time in the pocket to really make decisions and go through his reads. You know, if, if they're in the backfield all day, that would be fantastic. If we can get a few sacks and really kind of knock them on the ground and, and really show them that this is a, a, a completely new and different and, and more effective defense, then uh, that, that would be fantastic, and that would definitely make the day a lot easier for our secondary, and uh, I think we'll, we'll make it a, a pretty easy W. Um, for us this Saturday so that'll be something that I think will be interesting to see as well is how well does the defensive front play and how well can they um, one get back there and really disrupt the timing of the of the quarterback and, and force him to to throw the ball or to force him to make bad mistakes or to or to sack him before he really has time to really do anything and to and to give our secondary really a, a lot easier job than to try to sit there and get you know what you'd call coverage sacks which is our secondary trying to cover everybody that they have and then just by him not being able to throw the ball, then we finally tackle him. I would like to see us to really, really kind of rush him and really put it to him and really kind of let them say, oh, man, this is what what are we getting ourselves into? So I think that's going to be a, a, a bigger a bigger story of the at the end of the day is is when it comes down to it is, you know, if we won or if we lost, you know, how well did that defensive front play? And if they played well and they were able to, to really to really knock it to them, then I think we got a W for sure. Yeah, and what were your thoughts on the defensive front? Obviously, um, you know, with uh, against South Carolina State, much different team, um, and you know, especially offensively, wants to uh, you know run the ball a lot more than uh, what UMass is going to want to do. But under that new three-four uh, scheme, under uh, Scott Sloan, you know, what what were your initial thoughts on this Georgia Southern defensive unit? They played fast. They played disciplined. Um, outside of the one drive that South Carolina State had to open up uh, their second half, I think they would have probably have had less than 100 total yards, and they definitely wouldn't have had any points scored against us. So regardless of the point, opponent, if you could do that, that's fantastic. So I was I was impressed, especially with the with the front seven, as far as how well they played and how well they were able to, uh, to really kind of just shut their run game down and not really allow them to do much outside of that one drive. So I was impressed. I look for that to kind of happen again uh, this week. And um, like I said, I think, 
if we can really put a pass rush to him and really and really disrupt uh, that quarterback in the back uh, in the in the pocket, then then I think the W is going to be there. So, Cody, before uh, we started recording today, you know, you asked me, sh- should we do predictions? That's something that we've talked about, uh, you know, back and forth, obviously. Predictions can get you in trouble. I know uh, back in, in my days of writing for the Georgia Ann, um, uh, you know, I uh, the I think the first time I picked against the Eagles, um, you know, got some some flack at, at football practice. Um, I actually got uh, threatened by one of the football players. I won't name drop. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, but it, it's something that I think is important because, you know, as fans as the only podcast out there for Georgia Southern fans by Georgia Southern fans. I think it's important to be realistic. I think it's important um, to, you know, take, you know, everything game by game and, and just kind of see uh, where we're going to stack up. And, and, you know, no, no, we can obviously get on here every week and paint nothing but, you know, sunshine and rainbows, but we, we want to be real. We want to be as realistic as possible when we evaluate this team. So with that, let's, let's do a prediction for this UMass game. You know, we've talked a lot about it. I'll give my thoughts in a second, but what, what where do you kind of see this game going? And, uh, and then what will that mean kind of moving forward? Well, I think the first prediction I want to say is I think we see an, in, uh, an improvement in offensive line play. I know that there was some concerning, especially in that first quarter or first half that the offensive line didn't really come out or didn't really, um, do as well as what we would think that they would do against South Carolina State. So I think from week one to week two, we will see a, a big improvement in our offensive line play. Well, I think we'll see a little bit more uh, opening of the playbook. I think we'll see Wesley Kennedy with a few more touches. I think we'll get. I think we'll win. As far as like a score, if I was going to put a score on it, I would say that it would probably be something along the lines of thirty-eight to, to twenty-seven, and that we kind of. I don't want to say it's going to be an easy victory because I don't think that's going to be the case, but I don't think that it will be. Um, as close as what a lot of us fear um, or even or even really think that we're going to lose this game. So I think you mentioned earlier that the humidity and the heat from Statesboro will be a factor. They also play Boston College. And, you know, when you play a team like that, who's a very physical and, and very tough team to play um, week in and week out, they will uh, – you'll feel that game for at least two weeks after. So I think you look for a, a UMass team to come in a little bit better, a little bit bruised. And then them to come down here and try to play in this seat in this humidity, I think we'll take the toll. So I think we win 38-27, and that um, and that will be going uh, to Clemson two and zero. Yeah, and that, that's a good point coming off that Boston College game. Also, the fact that they've already played two games, um, so you know I, I'm not sure what injuries they might be battling through, or or even if it's like some guys that are just a little banged up that are still going to play. Uh, but maybe you know they've they've lost a step or two. I mean, uh, two games, even even with the first one against FCS opponents, as they they add up, they take their toll. So while they have that one more game of game experience, you know they they obviously have. Uh, had a whole nother game of, of hard hits. So, uh, you know, I think that comes into play and certainly playing against, uh, you know, a, a Boston College team that's always just a, a really tough defense. I mean, you know, uh, the fact that they put up so many points on uh, UMass, I think, I know UMass isn't uh, known for their defense, but I think that was a little surprising that uh, Boston College put up 55 points on them. Um, but the, this is a Boston College team that's always dominant on defense. I mean, they, they'll they beat people, you know, six to three in recent years. So, you know, as far as a score prediction, I don't know if I have one because I, I think I think based on this game, I'll be able to uh, make that evaluation uh, for every game moving forward because, I, like I said, this is really the... 
the test. This is the barometer game that will just kind of show us where we can go and uh, what our potential is. And um, so I don't really have a score. I, th- I definitely think it's a winnable game. And I think it's one that we frankly need to win um, because we're both mid-major teams, uh, you know, that, you know, UMass has never really had a history of, of winning football, um, you know, until recently they, they look like they're finally turned that corner. We, of course, had that winning tradition, but are, are trying to get back to it um, after, you know, two really bad years. So I, I think this is a, is a monumental game really for, for a program to kind of show that we have turned that corner and that we're, uh, we're, we're getting back and that we'll, uh, you know, be ready to, to go into Clemson and, and, and give them our best shot and then have that bye week and, and get started in uh, in Sunbelt play and, and put the Sunbelt on notice that, you know, we're we're back and we're going to um, do our best to compete for a championship. So I think we get the win. I think um, it's probably a little bit lower, uh, a lower score um, than what you're predicting. Um, I think in order to win this game, I think our defense really has to show out. I really do. I, you know, I think the offense is still going to take a, a couple weeks to get everything working, uh, get uh, familiar with the terminology. If we can hold UMass to you know under thirty points, then you know I, I think that's going to be key. Uh, maybe even even lower than that. I mean, if, if we if we can keep them in the in the low twenties, um, I know we had that stat about our uh, our record um, when scoring thirty more points per game. I don't know if we score over 30 points against them, but I think if, if we keep the game in the 20s, um, I think, and kind of grind it out, um, and like you said, uh, not only control time of possession, but uh, get points off of it, even if it's field goals, but uh, preferably, obviously, touchdowns. So, huge game, and I, I, I do think we get the, the, the big win in it. I think we get the big win. <laughs> So with that, um, just looking forward to this game, Cody, and looking forward to talking more next week of, uh, you know, to, to really just see kind of where we're at. And then hopefully there's uh, good things to talk about. And, and um, you know, we, we see a lot out of this uh, this offense that we can kind of, you know, put some more analysis to and and get ready for that uh, what will be a, a, a big game against Clemson, which you know, likely will be the, the number two team in the country still uh, at that time. And then we'll, we'll talk about more about that next week. But uh, hopefully we will be uh, 2-0 and previewing that Clemson game. Yeah, hopefully we will. And uh, I can't wait to, for this Saturday to be there. And uh, hopefully we'll have a, a Paulson packed out with uh, 25,000, get this place sold out, get this place rocking, and, and really – Uh, send those Yankees back home to UMass with a loss. All right, so for Cody, I'm Matt. Uh, Thanks, as always, for listening to Gotta Talk, and uh, be sure to spread the word. Uh, We are the only podcast uh, for Georgia Southern fans by Georgia Southern fans, so we appreciate your support and uh, continue to uh, let the rest of Eagle Nation know about us. Hail Southern, Cody. Hail Southern, Matt. Thank you for listening to Gotta Talk. Be sure to visit our website, gottatalk.com. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Gotta Talk Podcast for more news and coverage of Georgia Southern football. Reach out with questions, share your thoughts, or suggest topics on our social media channels or by emailing us at gattatalkpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, Eagle Nation, Gotta and Hail Southern. Uh-huh.